It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. We'll talk surprises, the good and the not so good as the baseball season rolls through its second week. I'm Kyle Charters. Drew Charters here as well for the Big Baseball Podcast, episode number two. First, did you what? Did you yell something there? Hello. <laughs> okay. If you want to get you want to get in early, huh? All right. Hello to you too. You pointed at me. Uh, <laughs> all right. If that's true, I did point at you. Uh, first, we had a great debut last week. Thanks to everybody who listened, uh, retweeted us on Twitter, liked us. Uh, be sure to check us out on iTunes as well. Give us a review there, uh, especially if you liked the show. If you didn't, uh, maybe pass on the review. Uh, but hopefully. You liked us. We're available there on iTunes, now on Spotify as well, so you can check us out there along with just your favorite podcast app. You can also visit our show page at 1017thehammer.com. Listen to the show there as well. We've got a good one coming up today, uh, I think. Dan Hartlib will come on the show. He's the Illini head coach in his 14th season. His Illini now 6-0 and on the season. Good start for Illinois. That is a... That is a well-balanced Illinois team. I mean, they have so much back from last year, Brent Spillane being the one, the big piece, obviously, that was missing uh, after last season, not there certainly this year. But they've done a good job of, of putting that veteran team together, having good pieces. The starting pitching has been good. The relief staff may be even a little bit better. We'll get into all that with Hartlip coming up. In our second segment, we'll also give you our lineup as we count down some of the top topics headed into week three. We'll do that toward the end of this podcast. But, Drew, let's start out. I'll let you in here now. When I point at you, I'll actually let you talk this time. (laughs) Uh, Still working on the chemistry here on the podcast. All right, uh, let's talk some biggest stories. Let's talk some of those surprises uh, the good ones, and really it's it's one that's really a surprise, and then we'll talk about some of the other ones that are, you know, uh, the bad surprises, I guess. Uh, as, as for the positive, though, Penn State, uh, 6-0. and Yeah. Now, some of this with Penn State, you have to couch with who the opponent has been. But, look, for a crew in the Nittany Lions who, who did not win a whole lot of games last year, certainly not very many in the Big Ten – Look, you'll take wins where you can get them. And so they get sweeps against Monmouth and Fairfield the first two weekends. Now, we should say that those two opponents are combined only one and eight on the season. But again, uh, you have to take victories uh, where they come for a team that's you know still in a, a building phase as Rob Cooper's crew is. So uh, Penn State 6-0. Yeah, build that confidence up early uh, for especially a team like Penn State, and they're doing it with pitching. A 193, 1.93 earned run average so far on the season, and that's by Bailey Dees, Dante Piazzi, and Eric Mock with the weekend rotation there for the Nittany Lions. They've pitched a total of 37 innings and just given up five earned runs, striking out 37 and walking 11. So the pitching staff has been on point. Now, like you mentioned, you know, who knows how good the offense of Monmouth and Fairfield is, a combined yeah. one and eight. So maybe they're facing, uh, you know, some offense that's that's lacking there. Uh, so we'll see in the weeks to come whether uh, Penn State is is for real or, or kind of just a pretender. They play a Duke team uh, who, who is very good. Um, 
next week, uh, March 1st through 3rd. Uh, and that's at IMG Academy. So we might be able to see uh, it during that series whether Penn State is legit. But look, they're like halfway to their season win total in 2018. Yeah. So, you know, don't take anything away from the Nittany Lions through the first couple of weekends. You know, we're, we're looking at these schedules and we're like, man, the Big Ten is not backing down from anybody. So, you know, there are a lot of other teams maybe whose record is not 6-0. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe it would be if they were taking on a couple of other teams. But for where Penn State is... You know, I think it's noteworthy that they're uh, undefeated through the first couple of weekends. Okay, as for the other side of the coin, there are some teams out there that were a little bit surprised uh, to see under 500 at this point. Uh, Minnesota being one of those teams, just two and five, a, a one and two weekend to Dallas Baptist over the weekend. Uh, Patrick Fredrickson did get the victory. Yeah. Uh, well, had a little bit of control issues, but did, did get the win after uh, he finally lost a game the week before. What do you make of Minnesota? I mean, that's a group that you thought that pitching was going to have to carry the load early on in the season because, you know, they're replacing a lot offensively. And it just doesn't feel like maybe the pitching has yet been there fully to be able to do that. It has not. And they had to replace four really good offensive players in that lineup uh, from the Big Ten champs last year. So uh, a lot to make up for there. Um, but you thought that the pitching staff would be able to carry them through uh, 6.0 team ERA for them so yeah. far. So that needs to be better, especially with trying to fill those gaps in the offense because the team batting average right now is just 225. So if the offense isn't hitting, somebody needs to step up on that pitching mound. Offensively, also, they have struck out 74 times in seven games. 74 times. So offense just needs to get better there. Meyer, Max Meyer, who was solid last year, has been a bright spot in the lineup still. Uh, he, he's a is a two-way player uh, for the Golden Gophers on the mound. Uh, he, he's pitched in relief. He's their closer. Got a couple of saves already, and he's got over 300 average. So he is playing well, trying to carry that team, but needs a little bit of help. Purdue 1-6, picked up a victory uh, over the weekend at Texas, took just one of four against the Longhorns, would have been nice. Man, there are a couple opportunities there that yeah. Purdue had, uh, both in maybe the season opener uh, and then had a couple of chances uh, against Texas, just couldn't quite get it done. Now, say this about Purdue. They've had a, a difficult schedule, and some of the numbers are pretty ugly here. They've walked 42 guys through 58-plus uh, innings. But the last couple of starts, Andrew Baum and then Patrick Smith were better the last couple of starts for Purdue. So maybe the Boilermakers can take a, a little bit of something from that, despite the record being just one and six through the first seven games. Well, and I think we're going to see that moving forward with the season, too. And it's the whole reason why Coach Waz schedule these, schedules these tough games at the beginning of the season. You want these players to play against the best, especially when you have lost so much experience as Purdue has. You've got uh, a tough schedule. You've got a bunch of guys coming in, some JUCO transfers coming in who are good, but they just don't have very much Big Ten baseball, Division One baseball experience. So they're sort of dipping their feet in right now, getting them wet against some really good talent, which mm -hmm. is going to make them better in the year. And I think we've already seen it start in these last two games. They're coming around. They're walking less people. They're getting on base, driving uh, runs home, and uh, 
I think with Purdue, we'll continue to see that as the season goes along, and I think they'll be able to rebound. You know, Michigan State might be a little bit in the same boat. The Spartans are 1-6 in six also. Their numbers are just bad. I mean, it's just the reality yeah. of the situation. But they have played good teams, too. I mean, you look at last weekend. You know, number 22, Coastal Carolina. Number 23, NC State. Kent State's an unranked team, but we know about Kent State. Yeah. I mean, they're a great program. Uh, so... You know, Michigan State having that record be what it is right now. They've played good teams. We'll see with the Spartans. I'm not, you know, sort of like all three of these teams that we have put in the, the, the quote, bad surprise category yeah. here. I, I'm not, you know, we're two weeks in, so I, I don't think we're closing the door on anybody here. But, you know, with Michigan State being one and six, the numbers, the numbers there aren't, aren't pretty. They're not, they're the not Spartans. pretty at all. A uh, team average of 208. Uh, team ERA of over eight runs, uh, and it doesn't get any easier for Michigan State either. We could say that about you know probably twelve of these Big Ten teams at least. It feels <laughs> yeah. like, but it just doesn't get any easier as Michigan State's going to travel out and play three games against Arizona State, which they've had a couple of down years, but they are back. It seems uh, they're playing very well. So they play the three games against Arizona State, and then they play one against Arizona. Uh, so tough games ahead for Michigan State uh, to try to turn this around. Uh, but uh, eight returning position players for them. They've got the experience to do it. They just need to sort of put it all together here. All right, so those are our surprises, the good and the bad. Uh, let's talk about Illinois, too, as a, a big storyline here through the first couple of weeks. The Illini get into the top 25 on D1Baseball.com. In there at number 25, they get a three-game sweep of Florida Atlanta. A couple of dramatic victories, including a comeback win on Friday. Jeff Cordy hit a game-tying a three-run home run in the ninth. Uh, then they get an extra inning victory on uh, Sunday uh, as they get uh, that uh, game-winning hit in the top of the 10th inning from Jack Yalowitz. Uh, so a couple of dramatic victories for Illinois, and uh, Dan Hartlip's club is off to a 6-0 and start. They've been pretty good. I think it's a well-deserved ranking uh, now. Yeah. They're, they're in there, and I think they're going to be in there to stay. Uh, at least for a very long while here. Uh, I've liked Illinois from the beginning. I I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of made no secret about it from the beginning that I, I, I felt that they were a favorite in the Big Ten, and they're, and they're proving it here. All-around great team. They're, they're hitting the ball very well, over 300. Uh, they've got a great team ERA. Their bullpen has been outstanding. Their defense has been outstanding. They're scoring more than seven runs per game. Uh, so they're really, right now, as we speak, there is there's nothing going Glaring, on. Yeah. The glaring that 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 they really need to work on and and improve right now. So, uh, stay consistent with all that with all those things, pitching, defense, and and hitting, and they're going to be in that top twenty five a long, long time and be right up there at the top of the Big Ten. Look, that's a program that knows what it's doing. Two thousand fifteen yeah. wins fifty games, uh, super regional. Does this team remind of that team at all? We'll ask Harlow about that here coming up in a couple of minutes. All right, let's go through Big Arm, Big Bat, our awards that we give out on a weekly basis, and I'm telling you, Drew. Everybody's in on this. Super pumped. All the players across the Big Ten trying to win big arm. Well, we've had we've had nominations come across on Twitter. (laughs) That's that's good to see. We've got retweets, we've got likes. Sweeping the nation this Sweeping the nation. Everybody's in on it. All right. uh, man, Michigan had a couple of great pitching performances. It's hard to get away from the Friday, Saturday guys. Yeah. uh, for them. But there were a couple other nods. What what do you got over there? Yeah, first, uh, first nom, Hunter Parsons, right-handed pitcher from Maryland in game one against Maine. 
you know, he was kind of the leader for big arm until Michigan pitchers came came around. But eight innings for Parsons, uh, three hits, no runs, five strikeouts, and a walk. Uh, Andrew Baum for Purdue, limited uh, innings because of pitch count, unfortunately. Uh, he got up there really close to, to the century mark, uh, so they pulled him out after five innings. But he just gave up one hit to a very good Texas team, no runs. Uh, five strikeouts. He did walk a few, but that's been an issue for Purdue that they're working on. Uh, but nice, nice outing for uh, Bomb in that game. Eric Mock for Penn State uh, went eight and two thirds innings, one out away from that complete game. He ran <laughs> into a little bit of trouble. Uh, four hits, uh, gave up a couple of runs, and one of them was uh, an inherited runner that he left on base when he left the game there in the ninth inning. But six strikeouts and a walk. Uh, Carl Kaufman from Michigan, eight innings, three hits, no runs, uh, a walk, and nine strikeouts. That's part of that tandem from Michigan. But the award is going to go to uh, Tommy Henry, left-handed pitcher. In game one against the Citadel, he pitched a complete game, just one hit, obviously no runs, no walks, and struck out 13 in that contest. So just uh, an Look, unbelievable that's outing. That's good. I, I mean, you uh, Especially the second weekend of the year. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I mean, clearly. So well-deserved big arm award for Tommy Henry. All right, who we got for uh, Big Bat for this week? A couple of Big Bat nominations. Uh, Michael Mahalik, uh, senior left fielder for Illinois, just played in two games, but he was on fire. Uh, five for seven in those two games from the plate. Scored a couple of runs, got a double, uh, stole a base as well. Uh, David Dunn, also redshirt freshman center fielder for Northwestern, has been very good. We'll talk about him in more in depth uh, on a season hole uh, a little bit later here. But uh, this past weekend, hit 583, three runs scored, a double, and a stolen base. Uh, but a freshman stood out this weekend, uh, played DH for Maryland, Maxwell Costas. Uh, hit 444 uh, for that Maryland Terps ball club, three doubles. Six RBI on the weekend and two runs scored. So we will award Maxwell Costas, freshman, his first big bat of his career. Maryland sweeps Maine, by the way, in that weekend series as well. Okay, we'll talk more, give our our lineup, uh, the the nine things that we're looking at uh, headed into the weekend. We'll do that in the third segment, but that will come up after our conversation with uh, Dan Hartlib, the 14th year coach at Illinois. That's coming up next on the Big Baseball Pod. And happy to bring in Dan Hartlib, the 14th year head coach of the Illinois Fighting Illini. The Illini off to a great start 6-0 and through the first couple of weekends. Not only that, but they get some other recognition for that as well. D1 Baseball puts Illinois at number 25 in this week's Paul, first of all, uh, Dan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We're really excited about having you on. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be on, and uh, you know it's always fun to have uh, some Big Ten people uh, promoting uh, our great conference, and and uh, you know enjoy the time with you. You know, one thing that I like about what I've seen from a distance from your team so far this spring is that. Obviously, we know you have to replace Brent Spillane, who did so much for you last year. But this year, you've, through the first six games, you have, what, a dozen guys who at least have an RBI each. And to me, 
that tells me you're getting a little bit of production from everywhere in your lineup and been able to produce in that fashion. Now, obviously, you have a couple of guys who have stood out as well. But have you liked what you've gotten one through nine on a pretty consistent basis through the first couple of weekends so far? I think good offensive teams are teams that don't have dead outs in the lineup. And that's what I feel like with our with our lineup this year. Uh, the, the other thing that I really like about our lineup is, uh, you know, we've been able to have some interchangeable parts. Uh, we've got some guys that, that uh, are on the bench each and every game that are capable of, of playing on a regular basis. And so, you know, we've been able to, to switch the lineup up, uh, you know, spell a guy, uh, you know, move guys around defensively late, pinch hit, uh, just kind of keeping everybody involved, and I really, really like that atmosphere. Uh, I, I like what our guys are doing. Uh, they're competing very well, putting the ball in play on a regular basis. And you know, as you said, it's it's up and down the lineup. Uh, of course, you always have a couple guys that you know that are hot early and stand out. Uh, but we haven't had anybody that's had to carry the team, and and that's been my message to our guys. We, we don't need anybody to carry this team. We we just need everybody to to you know, do their part and, and not be selfish. And if we can do that, we've got a chance to be a really good club. You've had some timely hitting as well, including this weekend. Uh, Jeff Cordy got the big home run on Friday night and the comeback victory. Um, you have to like what you've seen as far as, you know, guys coming through in the clutch, allowing you to win really in a variety of different ways. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of clutch play. Um, you know, it's been all sides. Uh, you know, you talk about uh, Jeff Courtney, and he had two big home runs. One of them uh, to tie the game up in the ninth inning. We ended up scoring four and winning that game in the ninth. Uh, you know, and he was kind of a hero of that game. But each and every game, it's been someone different, uh, and it, it's not always offensively. You know, we've got guys come in in tight situations on the mound and come up with uh, big pitches and big outs, and you know, we'll make a great defensive play to to you know, to hold a team at bay. Um, it's just been an impressive group. And, and again, just a team, a great team atmosphere and, uh, you know, just team wins. You said you do have some versatility. I know you're, you're hitting, it looks like to me at least, you're hitting Zach Taylor a little bit more in the middle of the lineup this year. Is that is that true? And are you trying to get just a little bit more run production out of him? You know, last year he let off the entire year and, and – uh, it just didn't work, and I think part of that was, you know, he put a lot of pressure on himself from a draft standpoint. And then, as as we watched what he did this summer, and then comes back in the fall and had really made some adjustments, and you know, he showed where he had some some power last year, but showed a lot of gap power this year. I just thought him being in the middle of the lineup with his pop uh, would serve him better and would serve us much better. So. It's it seems to work very well. Um, I, I like having composed guys that that has some experience in the little lineup, and so you know you you put him and Massey back to back, and and uh, you know there's not a break there for the for the opposing pitchers. Yeah, it's been a good lineup so far, no doubt about that. Through the first six games, you get that sweep against Florida Atlantic uh, over the weekend. Um, just what. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, the start, the 6-0 and start in general. Uh, you know, obviously you start 2015 6-0. Uh, the next game there was a tie, <laughs> but uh, it gets you up <laughs> to a good start to that 50-win season, the Super Regional. Anything about this team remind you back uh, to the team a few years ago? Just the depth. 
you know, you, yeah. you have great depth. Uh, you know, the, I'd say the the one the one big difference is you don't have that one uh, high profile pitcher, but we've got more high pri- profile position players. Um, so again, the depth, uh, having some experience, uh, you know, having some versatility, uh, and just their mentality, you know, just the mentality of going out to win. I, I always say this, and I talk to our team about it. You, you have some teams that go to the ballpark to see what's going to happen. And those teams are, are like roller coaster rides, They're just up and down all the time. Uh, the teams that win at a high level are the ones that go to the field to win and it sounds easy but from a mental standpoint it's not that easy this team i really feel like they go to the ballpark to win finding ways to win uh doing the little things uh being unselfish giving themselves uh moving runners uh you know coming in for for one hitter uh and and you know getting a big out on the mound just just little things in that mentality of i'll do whatever it takes to help the group uh, that's that's what's been impressive and reminds me of the 15 team. We've talked so much about the lineup and what the offense has been able to do, scoring, I think, 43 runs in 60 games, which will obviously win you a – excuse me, in six games, which will obviously win you a, a bunch of baseball games. But your starting pitching is, is an experienced group as well. You've basically got – I think I was reading, what, 98% of your, your outs from last year return this year. And you get the, the transfer who you've used as a closer – and Garrett Acton through the first uh, couple of weekends. You feel pretty good about that group from a, an experience point of view and, you know, that they're going to go out there and, and grind and give you some some good quality starts? Yes, I do. I feel really good about where we're at uh, with our pitching. Uh, the, the one thing I will say, uh, I think I think that group is going to get better and better and better. We, we, we've had – uh, good starts. Andy Fisher has been really sharp. And other than that, um, I don't feel like our pitching has been as sharp as it's going to be. And so that, that's a group that will continue to improve throughout the year. Uh, but the thing that really stands out to me, even when they get themselves in a bind or, uh, you know, we give up a hit or two or you walk a guy or, you know, a situation where it's, you know, inopportune as far as, as hitting a guy. This group never gives in. You know, you, sometimes guys get rattled and they give in. And, uh, this group has been able to take a step back and uh, collect themselves and go out and get that big pitch and, and get the big out for. So uh, it, it's it's a group that does have experience, and and I think that's where it's showing up is when things get tight. They they know how to you know to work out of it. Talking to Illinois coach Dan Hartlip now in his 14th season over there in Champaign. I think that makes you right the second most tenured coach in the Big Ten. I don't. You're never going to catch John Anderson. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> but he would have to actually retire or something. But I don't think he's anywhere close to that. It doesn't feel like, at least. Uh, uh, how are you feeling after 14 years? Good. Awesome. You know, awesome. I I feel I feel really good. You know, I, I've been blessed. I, I've been in Illinois 29 years overall, and. Uh, you know, th- there's not many coaches in the country that have had the opportunity to stay at one place for that amount of time. Uh, we have great support from our administration. They continue to do things to try to, you know, move our program forward. Uh, we have an awesome athletic director. Uh, I report to a really, really good associate athletic director. 
our support staff is good. Um, I've got unbelievable assistant coaches. I mean, how can you not feel good when you're blessed to have all those uh, all those pieces together and plus have good health? And you'll have additional facilities, too, which, uh, you know, I think that's been one thing in the Big Ten that we have seen here over the last decade is just the improvement uh, from a facility point of view, which I think has helped the league, and I would imagine you would agree, just helped the league overall. And you'll have a new training facility coming up here in, in 2021. Are you excited about sort of the progress that you guys have been able to make and, and will make with that new facility and, and how much that you know, will help you guys, and then if there are similar, you know, construction efforts uh, across the Big Ten that will just help the league uh, in general? Well, I think ADs have, have really done a good job of, of pushing our sport forward. Uh, they, they've done a lot of things with facilities. They've done a good job hiring some really good head coaches. Uh, salaries have continued to, to improve over time. Uh, so a lot of those uh, pieces are in place. You know, the training facility, the Susan and, and uh, Clint Atkins uh, facility that we're going to be building uh, is going to be huge for our program. But the thing that I think we've done very well, um, I've had a number of unbelievably good uh, assistant coaches, and they've gone out and they've gotten really good athletes. And then when those athletes come into our program, they've improved. Now, part of that is we've gotten the right guys that really work at things. Uh, but I think our, our assistants have done an unbelievable job of working with guys and, and helping them. Uh, improve and make progress and so you add this type of facility with all the technology that we'll have uh, the 24-hour access uh, you know like pitching lab hitting labs things nutritionally that, that we're going to put in there uh, it's it's going to be something that will continue to elevate our program so I'm extremely excited about you know what that means long term for Illinois baseball and you've been around the league as you said for as long as you have you've seen it change for the better and and quite a few ways and facilities are one way you mentioned coaching being another way I, you know i think the coaching has improved in the league over the years uh, to a point where you know now the big 10 is expected to get three teams into the NCAA tournament and when you know a team like what you guys had last year just as on the outside looking in, it's a it's a pretty di- big disappointment, and you guys have a pretty good argument for for being in. Uh, times have certainly changed, and certainly changed for the better. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, I remember uh, you know there have been years you know back when I was an assistant, and even my my first year or two as a head coach, where you know you, you sat there and you felt like you deserved more than one or two teams in, uh, yet we didn't get that respect, and and. The, to everyone's credit, uh, in the league, everybody continued to, to upgrade facilities. They continued to upgrade the types of recruits and players we were getting in. And as that's happened, uh, we've gone out, we've beaten more teams that, you know, throughout the country early in the year and then, uh, you know, just played at a higher level. Uh, I think it's a very good conference. You, there were, there were years early on where you, you would look at your schedule and, and you just feel like, okay, here's 10 wins. You know, we, we, we really feel like there's 10 wins. There are no gimmies in our league anymore. Even the teams that uh, that are down at the bottom in a given year, you have to strap it on and go in and do things well because any team can beat you on any given day. Uh, and, and it didn't used to be like that. So uh, I think everyone's done a good job of elevating. And, uh, you know, I believe that, that our league is a league that should get three to five in every single year. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's fun to get those teams in. It's fun to watch how they compete uh, 
you know, nationally. And, and I think we, we deserve that. And I think we've done a good job of earning that. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. You've got uh, a trip down to South Carolina uh, coming up this weekend. Pretty good slate. It looks like down there, including a, an opportunity against number 20 coastal Carolina on Friday. Uh, you feel pretty good. You have to, I would think about your team headed down uh, for another, another game down there in the South, another couple of games. You, you feel pretty good. Well, I feel good. I mean, it's, it's, it's really good scheduling. I mean, it, it, I made it so it gets easier, I guess. You know, you got Coastal Carolina, you got Utah, <laughs> East Louisville twice. You got Northeastern, those were one of the top teams last year. And then we go out to Grand Canyon, just knocked off TCU. So, you know, I'm sure this is going to be an easy two weeks for us. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it. It always is this time of year, right? Yeah. You know what, though? I, I love it. it it's, yeah. It's like I tell our guys, this is why you get into the game. You get into the game to play good people and, and to, to play with that uh, excitement and uh, you know, be able to go out and battle and, and uh, find ways to win and learn things you know, when things don't go well. Uh, it, it prepares you for what uh, you're going to see once you get into the NCAA tournament. So uh, I love our schedule. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to you know, these next couple weekends. Uh, I know it's going to help our team tremendously, and I know our guys will go into those games to win games. Yeah. Well, hey, Coach, best of luck. Hopefully we'll talk to you again uh, come Big Ten season, try to pick up some wins between now and then. Appreciate the time. Hey, thank you very much, and, and look forward to talking to you again in the future. That's Illinois coach Dan Hartlib, his team uh, 6-0 and to start in the first couple of weekends. Back with more here in just a moment. <laughs> with Drew Charters on the Big Baseball Podcast, wrapping up that conversation with Dan Hartleb, the Illinois coach. Let's hit our lineup, Drew, the nine things that we are looking at headed into weekend number three. Let's start number one with the Illini. You know, talking to Hartleb there, he really likes this team. He likes the depth of this crew. They're 6-0 yeah. headed down to a tournament at Coastal Carolina where they'll face some good competition. But, man, he likes this group, and he should. With a baseball season being as long as it is, depth is a really good thing to have, uh, and they've got it. You can do some different things throughout the year. If somebody's slumping, you just got one man uh, stepping up off out of the dugout into the lineup, and that's a good thing to have in a baseball team. It shows you the depth. I've mentioned this last week, but Michael Massey, thought to be one of the nation's best second basemen, mm-hmm. hasn't even played second base yet. He's DHing, uh, so they've got options throughout the lineup. Very good for the Illinois. All right. Topic number two, and we hit these things in, in almost completely random order, uh, but this is our, our, our uh, what are we, slash hitter here hitting out of the two hole? I don't know. Yeah, so you're not saying that Illinois should be the leadoff, <laughs> man? Are they not well, fast enough for you? No, they're not. Okay. All, All right. right, Michigan is, I have no idea where we're going with this. <laughs> Michigan is 6-0. and It's next seven out in California, so Eric Backich, his crew headed out west. Now, they have been pretty good through their first six games. Here's the the runs given up by Michigan in the first six games. Zero, four, two, zero, one, six. All victories, six and zero. Oh. Uh, but they do head west. Uh, between March 1st and 9th, Michigan plays seven in California. Northridge? Wait a minute. Am I, I'm not supposed to say it that way, am I? You are not supposed to say it. We got, we got yelled at we last did. year. There's two, a two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, CSUN. CSUN Can't came say into. North, I'm not allowed to say Northridge. Came into West Lafayette. Are they came into the radio booth that? and said, "Do, Do not, not say, say Cal Northridge. State Northridge." CSUN. CSUN. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are they still going with that? They are CSUN? still going with that. As far as I know, I have oh. not uh, heard anything different. So, so CSUN, Long Beach State. 
or LBS. Uh, <laughs> UC Irvine, UCLA, UCLA, as they pronounce it, and uh, Southern Cal or USC. Uh, okay, so they play seven out there in California over that, uh, what, nine-day span or whatever. So uh, this will be interesting for Michigan uh, out on the road, out west. We'll see how the Wolverines uh, fare on that West Coast swing. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on Michigan is the numbers are fantastic. They're undefeated, but mm-hmm. have they played anybody? Yeah. Binghamton and then the Citadel. Uh, so really, they'll get the first test here going out to California against some 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 good Western teams, and uh, we'll see how they fare and see if that pitching staff can keep it up. Okay, not topic number three, and uh, Tennessee I know is not in the Big Ten, but we'll leave this off by saying Tennessee appears to be good. Yeah. I, I would say that's sort of our, our great hot, Maybe really good. Like our hot take here. Yeah. Uh, the Volunteers sweep Indiana. Now, Indiana offensively, the combination of your thing, uh, you know, the Vols pitching appears to be really good. Indiana struck out a ton, and they have struck out a lot through the first couple of weekends, like yeah. a lot, a lot. Even in that Memphis series, the opening opening weekend, they struck out 37 times in those three games. But against Tennessee, they upped it, 47 strikeouts in three games. On Saturday alone, the Hoosiers struck out 21 times. So a problem that they really need to correct moving forward is those strikeouts. Maybe our lineup should be just like our nine smoking hot takes. Well, if IU's going to strike out all the time, they shouldn't be in the three-hole, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. I mean. That's solid. Let's go to the cleanup spot, number four, Maryland sweeping Maine at home. The Terps have won four in a row after losing two to start the season. Now, I don't, I don't know about Maine. But Maryland gets home victory, so they're playing early on at, at home. And, you know, to win four in a row after a slow start to the season is good for the Terrapins. Yeah, they've been getting some good work out of some players. The freshman, uh, Costas, whose brother also played for Maryland, wins Big Ten Player of the Week this year. And, more importantly, Big Bat. Uh, <laughs> they've got a uh, closer uh, who's been very good, four innings out of the bullpen, uh, for John Murphy, no runs, eight strikeouts. He hasn't walked anybody. A good story out of this series, just real fast, is that the Game 3 winner for Maryland, a freshman, Trevor Labonte, is from Maine. He got the start, his first start of his career, went five innings, got the victory, three hits allowed, and just a run. His dad played quarterback for the University of Maine, and his sister played soccer for the University of Maine. So some family ties in there. And Maryland gives him the start and uh, pays off for him. I have to say that our number five spot, this was smart of us. We put two guys in the five hole. Yeah. The Dunn good. brothers right. in Northwestern. So we got two guys hitting fifth, which is great. But th- these two guys, uh, David and uh, uh, Jack, have really carried the Northwestern offense. Uh, Northwestern sitting there at three and four. You know, they've played some teams. So three and four through the first seven games, not bad. But the Dunn guys have been doing it. For Northwestern. Well, Northwestern's got some experience here. Yeah. They've got Jack Dunn has been a four-year starter. Now, his brother, David, uh, who we talked about a little bit earlier in the Big Bat nomination, uh, was injured last year. He started uh, the first 10 games, hit 375 for Northwestern last year in 2018, a few triples, and then had a season-ending injury. So now he's back. Him and his brother are both hitting over 400. you got Alex Arrow, who has great experience. Uh, batting well in this lineup. And then on the pitching-wise, Hank Christie, who seems like he's been pitching for Northwestern forever, uh, <laughs> is uh, really pitching well for them. 12 innings, 6 hits, just a couple of runs. 
for them as well. So they're a team built on experience and see if they can carry that the rest of the season and get some victories. Topic number six, uh, home games. How are we doing on home games uh, here for the teams up north in the Big Ten? Indiana supposed to play a couple of them early this week. We, we good to go there? What, what's happening? I think happening? we are. I was not uh, last night and this morning uh, because in West Lafayette here, it is cold. <laughs> uh, but I looked at the forecast in Bloomington. It is 46, high 46 and sunny. I think that's good enough to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll play uh, at, at home against Cincinnati today, tomorrow. Uh, the today in-state. is Tuesday, by the today way. Today is Tuesday. Oh, today is Tuesday, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wednesday, uh, in-state rival Butler. That'll be in Bloomington as well. Uh, Nebraska has some changes already. They are they were slotted to play a home game on March 5th. Uh, that has been postponed till later in the season. Also, they were scheduled to play a three-game series against Baylor uh, early March. That has now been moved to Waco, Texas. Uh, so some changes in the Nebraska schedule. I'm sure we'll see more changes. It is cold here in the Midwest. We'll see how it goes. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017, the hammer here in Lafayette. Let's hit uh, topic number seven. We talked a lot about Ohio State last week because the Buckeyes started 4-0, got some good pitching performances from that uh, rebuilt weekend rotation, but the Buckeyes only 1-3. and three. Uh, what was it? One, one and three over the second weekend. Yeah. A couple of those losses, though, by only a run. What do you make of the Buckeyes through the first couple of weeks? It's hard to determine what happened. If anything happened, four yeah, and zero to start the season, and then one and three. But two of those losses are by one run. The other, they lost five to one. Uh, but they're you know they're two runs away from being six and one. That's a whole different conversation we're having. Um, so I don't necessarily know if it's anything to worry about this weekend. Uh, we'll see as Ohio State. Uh, we'll travel to Bethune-Cookman uh, next. Uh, so we'll see how they take on them and see if they're able to rebound and, and, and get some more victories and, and back in that win column. All right, number eight. Uh, Rick Heller's credit card is getting a lot of travel mileage. <laughs> it is. Yeah. The Hawkeyes split in their trip to Hawaii. Their travels continue this week. So Iowa goes from Florida to Hawaii. Now, look, being a player, being a Hawkeye, this is a good deal, right? I know. Uh, especially in a couple of weeks when they get to go to Evansville. That'll be exciting. Uh, Iowa goes from Florida to Hawaii to Oklahoma State this weekend. They'll play at home against Simpson College on March 6th, hopefully. And then to Evansville for a weekend series down there. So, uh, Iowa traveling around a lot. OK State this weekend. What can you tell me? OK State is good, I think. Five and two. They have uh, over uh, 300 team batting average, uh, just over a three team ERA. Uh, so solid club in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, Iowa really, really had a frustrating loss there against Hawaii. They could have easily taken that game, mm-hmm. that series three to one. They were up seven to one in the last game in game number four. They lost in 10 innings. Relief pitching got wild there. Uh, a couple of walks, three straight wild pitches. Uh, score the winning run for Hawaii. So a uh, bummer of a game four there. Um, we'll see if this travel, all this travel is fun. Like going to Hawaii, that's yeah, fun. Nine hour bad. F- flight. Uh, but we'll see if it catches up with Iowa. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a long baseball season and a lot of games in a short amount of time here before spring break. Okay, hitting in the nine hole for us, Nebraska. We had some hopes for the Cornhuskers after their start to uh, go down to Arizona, uh, take on the defending champs, Oregon State, see how the Huskers could sort of line up. Now, 
they played them at times competitively. The problem for Nebraska was they left 44 guys on base. I think 38 through the first three games yeah. of that series. 44 total in four games, so just not enough offensively for Nebraska. Couldn't get guys home when they had some opportunities, and Oregon State takes that series. Yeah, there's not much to say here about Nebraska in the series because of Oregon State. Just they're really good, I think. They're, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, part of the reason uh, Nebraska left so many runners on base, seven relief pitchers uh, for Oregon State have not given up a run. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, they've got, you know, all, and all those seven guys are, are seeing significant time out of the bullpen for Oregon State, defending College World Series champions. Uh, but disappointing for Nebraska. They couldn't take at least one or two there. Um, uh, from those defending champs. And it gets uh, just as difficult uh, for Darren Erstad's crew. Frisco Baseball Classic in Texas this weekend where they will face competition like number 3 Texas Tech, number 12 Mississippi State, and, ha- and Sam Houston State as well. So as we look at all these Big Ten teams uh, continuing to be out on the road, some pretty good games and a lot for us to discuss uh, next week on the podcast as well. So that is our lineup, 1 through 9. Uh, good show today, Drew. Great show. Good effort. I like your effort. I like your hustle today. Yeah. Maybe we'll put you in the two-hole next week, Whew. perhaps. Moving up. That's where I belong anyway. All right. Uh, thanks again to everybody who has made this podcast a success through the first uh, couple of shows. At least we hope this one will be. Uh, the uh, The Big Ten has been uh, helpful. It's coaches, SID staffs around the conference, and you, the listener, as well. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Big Baseball Pod. Check out our iTunes page as well. Uh, Give us a review there if you would like. We're on Spotify these days. Also, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast app as well. Again, this is a production of 1017 The Hammer in Lafayette. And that'll do it. We'll be back again our next podcast uh, next Tuesday as we check out what's going on around the league. For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. This is the Big Baseball Podcast.